At first, they'll ask you why you're doing it. And later, they'll ask you how you did it. This is exactly what I think of when I think of innovation. In the past, I've talked with Lieutenant Colonel Deckard, whose local innovation program alongside the airmen of the 101st Aerofueling Wing have produced some pretty amazing things to help innovate our day-to-day workflow. But what if there was a way to not only innovate new ideas with gear and technology, but a way to innovate our maniacs? And trust me, it's already being done. This is episode 51 of the Maniac Radio Show, and I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair. New methods, new ideas, new products. Yes, those can be tangible things for our workforce, but they can also be non-tangible. Let's say maybe finding a way to innovate our airmen through new ways to help develop them. After all, they are our greatest asset. And that's exactly what Chief Master Sergeant Scott Osgood plans to do. He's the main Air National Guard Command Chief, so his business is airmen. And he and several others helped develop the main force development program, a tool that allows, well, I'm stealing his thunder. I'll let him explain because he's here. Chief, thanks for being here. Can you explain to us what the main force development program is and what is its background? Yeah, sure, Andy. And, uh, and thanks for doing this. Um, The main force development program really started uh, as a great thought probably five or six years ago um, when uh, Command Chief Moore uh, was the wing command chief and I was a 9G and we had several other 9Gs and, uh, you know, thinking about the way we, we develop airmen, it's always been fairly consistent. We have our PME and we have our upgrade, skill level upgrade training, but, uh, you know, uh, we, we hear a lot of talk today about, um, you know, accelerate change or lose and our adversaries are, are uh, becoming a lot more closer to, to our level than we are. So, uh, you know, maybe it's time and the thought was it's time that we culturally change how we think about how we develop airmen to make them more prepared um, for uh, future challenges, whatever they may be, make them more resilient, make them more able to make quick decisions uh, in all environments, operational, tactical, strategic, and and joint. Uh, So how do we get there? And it's going to take a lot more than, uh, you know, our our PME and what we we all learn as basic airmen coming through basic training and our PME. That's the basis for this. Um, But to develop uh, and to coin uh, Brigadier General Mishu's term, he uses the term warrior leaders, with this program uh, and to develop those warrior leaders, we need to go beyond our basis, right? Our, we know, we all learn our Air Force competencies. We learn our leadership competencies, most of that through PME and skill level training. But to really develop airmen to, into the airmen that uh, this country's going to need in the future, um, we, we need to step beyond that a little bit. and. Think about different ways of how we develop airmen and out-of-the-box ways, how we develop airmen, how we develop leaders. Uh, So that was really the origin of um, how this original thought of a main force development program came to be. And uh, it started to take shape about five years ago, 
Initially, we borrowed a lot of information. You know, we're not the first ones, so why reinvent the wheel? I was going to ask that, yeah. Yeah, we're not the first ones to to realize this. So, you know, why invent the wheel? And uh, there were other states that had um, some programs going on. They were still in the build section of uh, of those programs as well. Some of them had kicked off. So we borrowed what other states had, and we looked at it, and uh, right away we realized that uh, for this to be a successful program, it had to be simple, right? And uh, these other states weren't. When you when you looked at their OI, they sent me their OIs, and they were, you know, 40, 50 pages long. And I honestly, I couldn't even understand a lot yeah, of it. Yeah. Uh, so how can I, number one, build a program that I can't even understand what the operational instruction is telling me? And how can I expect uh, future people to be able to run that program, let alone airmen understand it? So... Uh, so right away, we began to whittle it down, uh, what we had to begin with. And by the way, keeping in touch with those other states, all of those programs failed. Really? Yeah, because they were. They were there were too many layers in them. There were too many steps. Yeah. Uh, so we began to whittle away at this and try to figure out what was really, what are really the important things. Uh, and, and really what it boiled down to was this program needs to be simple. Uh, and it needs to be sustainable, but most of all, it needs to be effective. So how do you balance all three of those things? And uh, so it's taken about five or six years uh, to get it to that point. Uh, and I think we're almost there. We're certainly not at 100 percent. But, uh, you know, the reason I'm sitting here with you today is we're at the point now where, um, you know, we're well beyond 80 percent. I would say we're probably over 90%, but we're at the point where we're rolling this program out in a beta test. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the beta test will give us a good idea uh, where we need to maybe tweak it a little bit and adjust uh, to make this the best program it can be. So, uh, you know, the group superintendents, the 9Gs, have uh, put a lot of work into this, as well as uh, past and current command chiefs. Um, and now we actually have a force development team statewide. Uh, with, that are, uh, I believe it's 25 people now on this force development team. Wow. So there's a lot of effort. Uh, there's a lot of passion in this. We're starting to see uh, the potential of what this program can really mean for airmen. So that's kind of the history of it. So, so, so far, even though you guys are in the beta, um, the, the beta section of this, this program um, development, so uh, the airmen that you have, um, had involved with this. Have you guys gotten any feedback? Yeah, we have um, a little bit. So we're just starting on the beta and it's going to be very incumbent on those airmen that are in the beta test. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we're telling every one of them. Uh, hey, we need your feedback. How is this working? How is it not working? We want to know how do we make it better? Um, so they're playing a very important role, these airmen we have in this beta test. The the airmen that were invited into the beta test, so when you do a beta like that, uh, part of that is so that you can draw metrics, right? Because if we were just to open up this program right now to the entire state, we're not sure how many airmen would want to come in. We wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be able to handle all 1,100, you know, airmen if they wanted to come in all at once. So we need to phase this in and the beta test will help give us some good metrics Mm -hmm. because uh, the airmen that were invited to come into this beta test came out of a certain population population of airmen. Mm-hmm. And they were the airmen that were involved in last year's Airmen Development Summit. So they were 
uh, Guard Member of the Month winners. They were Outstanding Airman of the Year, uh, other award winners. And besides that, uh, they were those that were selected uh, as potential future leaders by their squadron commanders. So that group had a lot of high potential already for mm-hmm. future leaders. Right. And uh, we, we figured that if we use that group to do this beta test with, then, uh, you know, it's not mandatory to them. They all had the option of whether or not they wanted to come in. So right away you start to develop some metrics with um, you might be able to make, draw some lines with what it might look like when you open it up to the rest of the state. Yeah. So out of the beta test, uh, which we had, I believe there were 52 airmen in the Airman Development Summit. Uh, 14 of them have come into the into the beta test. So it was a pretty good percentage. So what does that tell you guys? What does that tell you when you, you have people who are already, who, who haven't even seen the outcome uh, or, or, the, or really the, um, the positive impact that this program has, uh, produces? You've got 14 airmen that are willing to, to step up and do this. That, that's pretty cool. Right, yeah. And they're excited about it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what, um, they're not the only ones that are excited about it. We've had other airmen uh, knocking down the door because they've heard about this program. They've heard me or some of the 9Gs uh, talk about this and what it has to offer. And they're really excited about it. They want they want to come into the program. I think eventually, you know, once we get through the beta test, uh, definitely within FY22, we're going to roll this out to the entire state. That's cool. But we've got to get through this beta test with this specific group first so that we've got, uh, you know, the best product we can offer the state. And uh, what we don't want is a huge number in it right now, and then we have to make a lot of adjustments that might confuse people. So we want the program as, as tight as it can be when we roll it out to the state. And, uh, but understandably, there are, there are a lot of airmen that have heard about it that are really excited about it. Um, you know, I talk to airmen a lot, and one of the things I consistently hear is that they wish there was something more yeah. they could do to prepare themselves. And it's good on them because, you know, I think there are, most of them are a lot better than I was when I was at their stage because all I cared about was just being a crew chief and right. getting a good TDY. But right. we've got a lot of airmen today that are really thinking about, and, and you know, not just, not just future leadership positions and how they get there and how they prepare themselves for it, which a lot of airmen are. It's, that's, a, that's a great thing. Uh, but this program can also offer, uh, you know, to the airmen, and I always use the crew chief as an example, like I used to be, I used to be the crew chief. Hey, that's all I want to do is be a crew chief. I just want to be as good at it as I can. And that's fine. I'll always have the conversation with that airman. Well, you may feel that way now. Right. But I felt that way when I was at your stage too. And I wished as I came into a leadership position that I had done something more to prepare myself for it. Right. I'd have been a better command chief for my airman if I'd have done that back then. Maybe you weren't thinking of, maybe you were thinking about being the best crew chief you could possibly be, but you may not have been thinking about where you might be to, to make a difference 10 years from that point. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's a generational thing? Like, so I, you know, you have done some reading on, on the, on our younger generation, these, these 18 or 22, 22 year old kids that are coming in. Um, and they, it's a different, I mean, if you, I feel like every organization, not just the main air guard is, is tailoring and restructuring the way that they they develop new employees or new coworkers um, because this newer generation wants more. Like right. I, 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 that seems to be the common trend that they, they want to be challenged. They do. 
Yeah, right. and that and that's kind of what I was getting at um, is that yeah I hear that a lot. I, I'm not challenged enough. Right. I want something more, and so you know there's a lot of good that comes out of a program like this because these airmen are, are starting to hear about it. They want in already, and uh, you know I think I think you could draw some pretty clear lines with what this program has to offer and retaining those airmen, right? If, yeah. we, if we're meeting their, if we're not meeting their expectations, then why are they going to stay in the main Air National Guard? Right. Or if we are meeting their expectations by challenging them and offering them um, a world of opportunity to make themselves better, then that has strong implications to retention, Yeah. right? So I, I think there's a lot of good that can come out of this all the way around out of this program. I would think the next one of the bigger challenges that you guys are going to face with this is getting um, selling it in a way to, to get everybody to want to be involved. Right. So you've got these 14 hot shots, these rock stars that are willing to step up and, and take a chance with this beta program. Uh, but let's say, for example, you have somebody that isn't that is just no slide on you chief, but like is, is just, is a, is a crew chief mm. that is thinking about a day-to-day mission. Yeah. How do you motivate that person? How does, yeah. So that's, you know, there's something in this program for everybody. Uh, and you know, you can kind of think of that as almost two different tracks, right. As for an airman. Um, and maybe you're like that crew chief or even like I was back then that, Hey, I just want to be a great crew chief. I just want to be really good at my AFSC. This program can help help airmen there. We, we can do that. We can make them better at their AFSC with um, development opportunities that this program has to offer that are outside of what they would normally get. And then, you know, hopefully down the road, um, that airman would also consider some leadership development opportunities. That's kind of the other track, right? A lot of airmen are going to get into this to prepare themselves for future leadership positions. And that's really what this program is about. But if we have the airmen that, hey, if that's all they want to do is be a great crew chief, we can make them better. Yeah. This program has opportunities that can make them better. It kind of goes yeah. back to that saying there's always room for improvement, right? That's there's right. There's always something you can be doing. But to, 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 be better at your, um, to be better at your craft and be better at your profession, there's always something different. And so, th- yeah, I think, this, I think it sounds awesome. So can you, can you walk me through what does it entail? So if I'm, I'm an airman and, and I want to be a part of this program or see what you guys have to offer, what, ha- what actually happens? Yeah, so it, it all starts um, in all of these, the o- our OI and our forms that we use to facilitate this program are, are done. They still need to be officialized, go through an official process, and we're waiting for the end of the beta or towards the end of the beta to do that because we may need to adjust there. But uh, – for an airman to come into this program, number one, they need to coordinate it with their supervisor. And they grab a Form 3. We keep, uh, we're facilitating this program right now on the S-Drive. Mm-hmm. So all airmen in the state have access to this program. Oh, that's cool. And uh, you can go right onto the S-Drive. Anybody can go there. There are a number of folders they won't have access to. But anybody can go onto the S-Drive. And on the opening page of the S-Drive, uh, you'll see Main Force Development Program. And you can open that up. And what is available to everybody there uh, is the current OI, a listing of development opportunities, a professional reading list, uh, and the forms that we facilitate the program with. So the Form 3 is the application to come into the program. And that would be the first step. The airman would have to fill out that Form 3. <clears throat> it's not just the airman. Uh, like I said, the supervisor plays a very critical role in this program. 
Uh, so the airman gets the form and fills it out. There's a lot of information on there. The more information on the form three, the better, um, <clears throat> the better that the force development team can create a vector package for that airman. So basically what I'm talking about is the airman's going to state goals, short-term and long-term goals, military goals, career goals on that form. Uh, we also collect a lot of information on where they're at right now with their PME, with their upgrade level training, with their civilian education, with prior leadership experiences. We collect all that information on the form. And then an important part of that form is the supervisor is required to comment on what the airman has already put on there for goals. And, uh, and it helps when the supervisor, hopefully they know their airman best, it helps when the supervisor uh, puts in information for the force development team to focus on. Here's an example. <clears throat> an airman might state, uh, you know, several goals. Uh, maybe they want to be the command chief. Maybe that's their long-term goal. Um, and, you know, and they're well on their way there, maybe, with where they need to be. And But the supervisor, when, they, when the supervisor comments in there, they said, you know, um, Airman Smith's been working for me for quite a few years, and I think... I think he could really use some help. This is where he could really gain a lot of growth is in public speaking. Uh, and that is really helpful when the force development team looks at that Form 3, that application, uh, to help draw these vector packages. And what I'm talking about by vector packages is the team gets together, the main force development team gets together, and like I say, we're 25 people. Is it all 9Gs? It's or, not all nine Zs, no. Okay. So it's uh, it's a it's a very diverse group. Uh, most of them, most of them, either senior enlisted or uh, I would say captains and above for officers. I mean, we have colonels, we have lieutenant colonels, we have we have Whoa. almost every rank, but they're more yeah. senior. They all have a lot of they all have a lot of uh, experience. So you may have already mentioned this. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like this this isn't just enlisted. No. Oh. This is across the board. Wow. This is across the board. That's awesome. This is for officer and enlisted. That's cool. It's very cool. You may have said that. I may have have gone gone over my head, but I didn't. That's that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. No, it's this is a combined effort. We're all airmen. Right. And that's what this is to this is designed to do is develop our airmen into our future leaders. That's awesome. So. uh, So the team really with 25 airmen right now, more people wanting to join the team. Uh, I did the math last week during our team meeting. We've got over 500 years of combined military experience on that team. That's wild. So when I talk about vector packages, what we're doing <clears throat> now, like any meeting, like any team, we don't all always meet every time, right? But we have a core group that meets every time, and then we have other members from the team that contribute. And in these meetings, we will take an Airman's Form 3, their application, and go down through it so we completely understand what their goals are, what their supervisor is saying. The commander, their squadron commander, also has a place on the form. They at least have to sign and acknowledge this, but they can also add comments, and a lot of them have in the beta test, and those comments help. So we go down through and we look at this entire form, who we have for an airman right now, where they're at development-wise, the comments from the supervisor, the comments from the squadron commander. And as a team with all that experience, we look at that particular airman, and we probably spend an, an hour on each 
individual airmen with all of our expertise and all of our eyes on it, and we start to build a somewhat prioritized list of development opportunities that we think that airman should take advantage of to tailored. be able to get them towards their goals. It's specifically tailored, tailored to, them. to them. That's crazy. So who, so who are you, I mean, can you tell me like who's on the board? Um, all of our nine G's. Matter of fact, the program itself is facilitated by each for each group through the nine G uh, down at South Portland, down at the GSU. They don't have, nine G's per se, group superintendents per se, but we have two chiefs down there that are, um, for all practical purposes for this program, they are the nine G's for South Portland. And the, the program is facilitated through the nine G's, right? So when the airman fills out their form three and they've got it done, they send it to their nine G. The nine G brings it to the rest of the team at the next meeting, or they kick it back. They're going to look at it and say, no, I need more information. They're going to kick it back. Yeah. Because, yeah, so if, the, if not enough information is provided, then it doesn't give you guys enough to work on, right? We, so. need a, we, need, we need a lot of information. The more information and the more accurate information we get, the better the vector package we can build. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you say, like, if I go, you know, I'm, I'm Andy Sinclair and I want to be the command chief someday, then that's it, right? Yeah. You're going to say, well, you know, I need to know what you've done for PME. I want to know what your goals are. Have you got your degree? What's your, what's your, what's your, what's your short-term goals to get to that long-term goal? That, that makes sense to me, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, you know, we've never really, we've talked about mentorship mm-hmm. and development and what it means. We've had a few tries at mentorship programs uh, several years ago when I was a 9G in maintenance. Uh, the Chiefs Council came up with a mentorship program. Um, and, and none of them really seemed to fit the bill. We needed something a little bit, uh, more structured, right? And that's exactly what this is. This is a structured force development program, airman development program that is very tailored, very specific to every airman. We're putting a lot of time and effort into every individual airman uh, because they don't they deserve nothing less. Yeah. That's what mentorship and development is all about. So, uh, but you asked who's on the team? It's it's the command chiefs. It's the nine Gs. Um, there are representatives from every squadron, uh, every group, uh, the Bedham. There are several chiefs, other chiefs. Uh, it's, uh, it's across the board. So if I got on there and I, <clears throat> I told you guys that my goal was to be an aviator someday, you guys have people on the board that can speak to that? So here's the thing, right? Um, I think operations group right now is really busy with a lot of new pilots mm-hmm. and a lot of new boom operators coming in. Uh, we don't. We have uh, Chief Poland, who's the 9G up there uh, in ops right now. He's the only one uh, from the operations group that's officially on the team. But what we do on the team uh, is, as we develop these packages, these vector packages for airmen, we're also going to assign initially three mentors to that. Every particular airman. Every airman is going to get three mentors assigned. Now, I'm not a big fan of assigned mentorship, right? It's like forced fun. Right, right, right. But uh, we're going to start there. And when we meet with these airmen, and we physically meet eyeball to eyeball with every one of these airmen that comes into this program, uh, we make sure they know it's complete flexibility with who they have for assigned mentors. 
we need at least one of their mentors to be a forest development team member yeah. because they know the workings of this program, especially a new program. Mm-hmm. But for that airman that wants to be a pilot down the road, we're going to reach out. We're going to reach out to anybody in the state that we need to to be this airman's mentor. And if you get an airman that comes in that says, "Hey, I, I want to be a pilot. How do I get there?" Then we're certainly going to reach out to the operations group and we're going to ask one of their uh, probably one of their pilot trainers yeah. to say, "Hey, would you mind being a mentor for this airman who wants to be a pilot?" And they'd be foolish to say no. And of course they're going to say yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to be a member of the force development team to become involved with this program. Uh, We're already doing it. We're reaching out to our local experts for what that airman needs and asking them to be mentors for these airmen. And so far, the people that, you know, we've done that with, uh, they're very excited to be part of this. Mm -hmm. So who wouldn't want to help an airman out, you know? Well, why are you here if you're not here to make a difference? Right. You know, that's that's huge. Yeah. What's the future of this program look like? What's What's the end goal? So, the, I mean, you know, hey, the end goal is to make sure that we're developing airmen, uh, giving them the opportunities they deserve to develop them into the airmen and the people that they're going to need to be to meet tomorrow's challenges. Uh, you know, that's the end goal. So, you know, this program uh, completely supports the main strategic plan, the main Air National Guard strategic plan, uh, the national defense strategy. If you read both of those documents, the, new, the newer documents um, – you know, this program is getting after what those documents require mm-hmm. for our airmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. um, so, you know, that's, that's the end goal. Right now, with the beta test, um, this coming week, we're scheduling a lot of meetings. So 14 people in this beta test. Mm-hmm. We're scheduling a lot of those face-to-face meetings mm-hmm. uh, within the next two-week period. And then in June, we have a uh, a lot of a lot of our folks have a week training uh, with the exercise going on over the drill, and then we have drills. So our goal for the beta test right now, this program, is to have everybody that came into the beta test um, fully accepted into the program, have met with every one of them, and off and running uh, on on uh, pursuing their development opportunities and following those vector paths by the end of June drill. That's awesome. And uh, I think we're on track to do that. And if we can do that, then, um, you know, I foresee this opening up to the rest of the state, hopefully at some point this fall, but definitely within FY22. So here's how the first one went. Uh, And uh, it was was really good. It's kind of interesting when you're doing this and it's a brand new program because we're learning it as we go. We're, we're, We're making it up. A lot of it as we go. Uh, so we met with the first airman, and who met with who met with that airman uh, was the airman. Yeah. The airman supervisor needs to be in these meetings because they need to understand their responsibilities to the airman and to the program. Plus, that supervisor is probably probably going to be around a little bit longer than you guys are going to be. Right. Right. That makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. yeah. And and the other big thing about the supervisor is look, this program is great, but everybody. And every airman coming to this program needs to understand that their AFSC, their PME, all that needs to come first, right? Uh, the mission comes first. So, um, and the supervisor needs to make sure that we're balancing that, right? So if we get an airman that comes into this program and goes head over heels with all of these d- vectors that we've given them, uh, maybe they need to be focusing on 
rotating their five skill level more than more than what they're doing in this program right now. So that's where the supervisor has to step in and say, hey, look, we're going to put the main force development program on hold for now. It's great. But put it on hold. I need you to get your skill level, right? So the supervisor needs to be that check uh, that makes sure that we're keeping our priorities right and our AFSC needs to come first. Um, so when we met with that first airman, it was the airman, the supervisor, the Bedham was there, um, the 9G, their group superintendent, uh, and, and I. And uh, it was very powerful to see. This took about an hour, face-to-face meeting. The purpose of the meeting is to make sure that the airman understands, number one, what the program is, what their role in the program is, the same with the supervisor. Make sure they understand what the program is. It's new. We need to communicate it better and, and, and more to supervisors so they really understand what it is. And, uh, you know, so we spent about an hour with the first one that came through with that meeting. And uh, it was really powerful. It was very humbling for that airman, I think, to understand, to all of a sudden be in that room and understand that um, that airman had three chiefs, a squadron commander, the Bedham, um, and one other person that was doing nothing but focusing on that airman for that hour and making sure that they understood the vector packages and making sure that that airman understood and the supervisor understood the priorities uh, going forward. So very powerful when you get an airman that, uh, you know, sees that and and understands that all of these people uh, have a lot of busy things and, and important things to be doing, but right now they're spending an hour with me. Yeah, essentially they so, care. It shows that they care. They right. care, and it goes back to what we said earlier about retention. If I if I feel that I'm being undervalued or that that what I do on a day to day basis doesn't really matter because it's not being recognized or being um, noticed, yeah. and or my needs aren't being noticed, yeah. then then that's powerful that you guys like you know that you guys are meeting with them. That's huge. So uh, we talked about. It being at like an eighty-five or ninety percent completion, it's still in that beta phase. What what else needs to be done to per, to kind of get it on on more trials? We uh, we need to get all these airmen fully rolling in it, all fourteen airmen, uh, and we'll probably realize some things we haven't even thought of yet. Uh, we're always learning. We have a growing list of development opportunities, right? And, and some of them are completely out of the box. Uh, and the other thing you got to realize is within these opportunities are also within our program is also our required PME, right? So all that stuff is wrapped in there. But a lot of other opportunities, um, some that people never really would have thought of for development opportunities. And that's always growing. So as we roll these 14 airmen into the beta, we're going to keep coming up with more development opportunities. And not only that, but state leadership this year uh, really committed to airman development. They committed to this program because it does fully support our state strategic plan and the national defense strategy. They committed to it in a way of, you know, we have a budget every year, right? And it's it's limited money, let's face it, every year. But this year, they committed, state leadership and the Air National Guard committed a line item on our budget, an enduring line item. There's not many of them. So when when we start looking at the budget every year and where to put our money, there's there's a few line items there that are there every time. And now uh, airman development is there. Wow. Force development is there. And we committed money to that this year. That's cool. And we will every year. That's awesome. Um, so some of these development opportunities have a cost to them. A lot of them don't have any cost to them. Right. 
right? The things we can do or we can do internally. Um, but uh, some of them uh, do have costs associated with them, and now we have the ability uh, to reach out and provide those to airmen. You know, hopefully our supervisors uh, know their airmen best. Uh, so, number one, they, they uh, can provide a lot of information that can help us direct that airman towards their goals a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two, like I said, they need to be the control, right? So their AFSC, the mission has to come first. Their primary duties have to come first. Um, even though one would argue that development is part of the mission and it is part of your primary duties, mm-hmm. it is. But the pro- this program itself... Um, has to be secondary to those AFSC and mission priorities. And the supervisor, that supervisor, is able to control that. So what if you have, uh, what if you had a supervisor who, I mean, because, so you have to have, first of all, you'd have motivated airmen that want to take um, uh, take advantage of this program. Um, and then you also have to have a motivated supervisor, to, to like you said, to, that already knows their people, to, to want to put them in for this program. Right. Um, so that's the, that. That can be that could probably be pretty challenging at times. So hey, another great thing about the program itself, right? It forces these conversations. So if you're a supervisor and you don't know anything about this, and an airman brings you the form three and says, "Hey, sir, I, I really want to join this program," it's going to force you to. If you don't know anything about it, it's going to force you to learn more about the program, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's also going to drag. Any, you know, hopefully there we don't. Have, I don't think we have many supervisors now that would be reluctant to this, um, but it forces them to become involved in their airmen's development, which is where we want them. Yeah. So um, it's just another good thing about the program. Yeah. How has this been receptive toward um, wing leadership other than you and Chief Nierowski, like with Colonel Gillis and Colonel Barassa? Yeah, Colonel Gillis is actually on the team. Oh, he is. Well, that's awesome. He is. That's cool. Uh, and <clears throat> you know, wing leadership. State leadership uh, has been very supportive of this, and uh, you know the comments. The comments that I hear a lot of is, is you know, this has been a long time in coming. Mm-hmm. We've needed something like this for a long time. So, no, there's great support for it. Um, you know, one other thing that I didn't mention uh, that is a huge part of this program, especially where three quarters of our force are traditional guardsmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, see, so you may have, you may be thinking. As you're hearing about this program, you may be thinking, well, you know, the full-time people have an advantage because they're there all the time and able to take take more yeah. advantage of, of this program. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true in, in one respect, but uh, the a big part of this program is, you know, we talk about multi-capable airmen, right? And uh, I had this talk on a command chief meeting the other day. Uh, the Air Force is trying to build multi-capable airmen, but the Air National Guard has always had multi-capable airmen. Yeah, right? that's, that's kind of where we shine. Yeah. Hey, because we've got people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. We've got dentists, we've got doctors, we've got teachers, we've got everybody that I could point out a special skill set or a special uh, knowledge that almost every one of our drill status guardsmen have that we can take advantage of in the fight. Right. So, you know, we're full of multi-capable airmen. And this program highlights that in the respect that um, for, for anybody, drill status guardsmen or full-timers, we're able to bring into this program any um, 
development opportunity you've already taken advantage of or any leadership experience you've already taken advantage of in the civilian sector, uh, any certification you have, any degree you have, will build it into your development portfolio, which is something we haven't talked about yet, Andy. But uh, drill status guardsmen and full-timers alike are able to bring uh, development items like that from the civilian sector into this program and put it in their development portfolio. They have to go through their 9G, and I don't care if it's a welding certification, right? Yeah. It could be very useful. So say you come in and you, you say, hey, I, you talk to your 9G, I got a welding certification I'd like to include in my development portfolio. Your 9G will take that to the team and we'll look at it and uh, you know, we document the proof and we, we put it in your, in your portfolio. Um, and it just builds this development portfolio for every member. So every member that comes into this program has their own folder. And within that folder is their development portfolio. And everything they complete for development opportunities goes in there, right? So down the road, uh, you know, if that airman ends up going in front of a board for a promotion or a position, why not bring that portfolio with you? Because if I were interviewing you and, uh, you know, one of my questions would probably be, Andy, why do you think you're the best one for this position? Or why should we promote you over, you know, so-and-so? Well, you're going to start telling me what you've done to prepare yourself, and why not have that portfolio there? I'd love to see that, something like that, and I'm sure I'd have a few questions for you when I start gazing through some of the opportunities you've done to deliberately develop yourself. Right. Well, immediately, especially if it was you, you know, immediately you're going to see that development portfolio and immediately know, you know, or, 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 or maybe your successor is going to sit there and say, and say, yeah. oh, this person took advantage of the main develop, the force development program. Right. And that in itself is initiative and shows sure. motivation. And, and, sure. you know. and it's, you know, hey, don't get me wrong. It's certainly no guarantee of any no, future no, no. success, any future positions right. or promotion, but it can't hurt. No. Why would it, you know, um, you know, so you bring up a good point with uh, with your civilian sector um, uh, opportunities and training and certifications and whatnot. So I know one of the hot topics I've always heard, especially down in security forces, are the prior service guys and gals that come in where their PME doesn't count toward their Air Guard or Air Force PME. This this that's something they could add in there. Like if I you know Marine Corps NCOA or whatever, oh, or whatever, and it just shows that you've done this. Absolutely. Though it may not count toward your progression. Uh, PME wise here, right. but it's one more way to show off. Hey, I've already done Army NCOA right. or, or ALS or whatever they call it. You know, yep. that's pretty cool. Absolutely, hmm. absolutely. That's awesome. So you you mentioned that we haven't talked a lot about the uh, um, the, the development portfolio, right? So you call it? Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean that that is basically what it is, right? It's a portfolio of all of your accomplishments. So anything within the program. And, you know, as, as airmen roll into the program, they're going to start to knock off some of these development opportunities that we've kind of told them they, need, they should focus on for vectors, right? But they can look at the opportunities listing and do anything they want. Yeah. Uh, even though the team may provide certain vectors, they can certainly do those. There's complete flexibility built within this program. Mm. Uh, but they can reach out and do other opportunities as well. So anything that they do um, comes back through the 9G to the team, um, you know, it requires some sort of a certification or proof that this was completed. And, uh, yeah, the team vets it, and they put it in that airman's development portfolio. And it can be things that are uh, have yet to be completed and, and are done, or it can be things that 
have they've already done right so as we roll this program out i fully expect that as airmen come into it they're going to look at a lot of these development opportunities that uh we've assigned to them or maybe not assigned to them but uh that are that are on our development opportunities listing and they're gonna say hey i've already done that mm-hmm. great let us know we'll give you credit for it we'll put it in your development portfolio uh and and the same with you know any civilian um development opportunities that they've already completed or certifications or degrees they have yep just uh you know show us the proof show us your certificate whatever it was uh or 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 get the instructor to sign off on it and we'll include that in your development portfolio uh one of the big things we have is a reading list um so some of the things that we may require may take a little bit more work uh you know if i ask you to read uh the speed of trust the book the speed of trust um, you know, I would trust that you'd read it, Andy, but right. gonna, I want to know what you get out of it too. Right. So, it, you know, things like that to accomplish uh, a reading mm-hmm. uh, would require maybe, you know, a paragraph or two of what you got out of that reading mm-hmm. and what you thought it meant to you as an airman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we include that in your portfolio. That's cool. Uh, and your, I guess that's one of the bigger questions. Um, was is this something that's is it continual could it do you know four or five years from now can i meet with you guys again absolutely okay yeah yeah development and, never stops and update right? it yeah that's yeah. cool we never hit perfection right, right? yeah exactly excellence right. is striving for perfection but you never get there so right you, you can always uh yeah the program never stops some airmen may you know may need to put it on hold for a little while potentially but uh it's at their own pace there's no pressure there's complete flexibility um, and uh, a world of opportunity. It sounds like this program is is kind of here to stay. You guys are building it in a way that will be here for a long time. And it, and it sounds like you're already setting up your successor for success with this program because um, you're already building the foundation, the meat potatoes for them. Um, and I would imagine that it's it, you, your 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 guys's goal, especially if Colonel Gillis is on the board. Your his goal is to have to to keep pushing this in the future for a while. I mean, it, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard anything like it before. Never, I never have. I mean, I've heard about it like in, 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 in like a civilian, um, aspect, like big companies, like big banks or trying to, trying to develop people to, to move forward, but not, not here. I've never heard of this, something like this before, especially where you guys are devoting an hour of your time all at once to, to one airman, to one airman. That's, cr- that's awesome. That's huge. But that's really the meat of the program, right? having those airmen understand that we care about their development. We need them to get there. We need them to want to get there, and uh, we need to meet those expectations to help them get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the end goal is that you guys have in your mind is that you're setting up the future for these for, for us, for, every, for everybody who's going to be here for a little bit longer. That's right. It's that, that's, that's huge. You're not just looking at tomorrow yeah. or today. You're looking at 10, 20 years from now. Absolutely. It's very deliberate, very tailored, uh, you know, when I look back through my 30-year career at my development and how I got where I am, uh, I'm not quite sure how I got here, to be honest with you. And, and, and development uh, is hit or miss. Now, I say I don't know how I got here, but I had some very good mentors along the way. But there were a lot of things that are in this program that I had no idea were even available to me, let alone how to, how to attain them. And if I had back then, I'd have been a lot more prepared for where I find myself today.
So that's really what it's all about is giving uh, every airman the opportunity to be uh, their best. That's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate it, Chief. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, I just, uh, you know, I would encourage uh, airmen to consider this program. And uh, you'll be hearing a lot more about it uh, as we move through the beta and as we really get the beta going. Uh, we'll be hearing a lot more about it. I'm actually briefing it uh, tomorrow down at Joint Force Headquarters. Um, so I would encourage airmen to strongly consider this. And you can start to see what the program is about. The OI, our OI, you know, this, those other states' OIs were 40, 50 pages long. Mm-hmm. Ours is like 12. Oh, wow. And most of that is just responsibilities. If you actually go in there, there's only a couple of pages mm-hmm. that explain, number one, the importance of yeah. force development uh, and how this process actually works. And uh, so it's, just, it's a very quick read. And if any airman wants to go in and see what the program's about, they can go into that uh, S-Drive force development and check it out for themselves. Well, what you guys need is a button on the app specifically for, for main force development. Yeah, and, we could certainly do that. And we could drop all the PDFs you guys have on there. You could have some guidance, some... some That's a great w- idea. Some whatever. And that way, because I might be I might be that DSG traveling from Calais or, or New Hampshire that right. may not have access to the share drive that I want to look into it during the month. That's a great idea. Do right Let's on, do that. Right on your phone. Yep. That'd be huge. Well, yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, Chief, and I appreciate what you guys are doing because that, that's, um, you know, reading 2618 and realizing that the Chiefs are here for us. Like, you guys are here for us. You're not here for yourselves because you guys are going to be gone soon. No offense, but you are. You're here to set us up for, for success, and if you're not, why why even, why even why would I feel valued enough to be here? That's right. So yeah. I could go somewhere else, you yeah. know, and, and so the fact that you guys are taking the time to do this and you, that you've developed developed this program and it's not just for, for airmen and for, for enlisted and that's what blew my mind yeah. talking to you about this was that it's also for officers that's because right. everybody needs it, yeah. everybody. And again, that's, that's the basis, right? I don't care if you're officer enlisted, our PME, our required PME, that's just the basis for our development, right? So... Yeah. I mean, there are things in this program, there are development opportunities that are specifically for officers. Mm-hmm. There are those that are specifically for enlisted. Yeah. And, uh, but a vast majority of them are for everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Well, I appreciate it, Chief. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. See you soon. Thanks again, Chief, for sitting down and doing that segment. There's a lot of good information there, but hey, do us a favor. Take that information and spread it amongst your coworkers, friends, and family. Just help spread the word, please. This podcast is an informational tool to help, keyword help, disseminate information to the masses. As supervisors, commanders, or any leadership role, it doesn't matter. The ball is in your court to get the information to your work centers if they haven't already listened to this podcast. The difference between mere management and leadership is communication. According to Winston Churchill, that is. Help communicate the messages you hear in these podcasts. Okay, let's talk about recruiting and retention. We're going to try something new from here on out. Each episode will feature something recruiting and retention related. Tidbits of knowledge, which, again, you need to pass along. Please and thank you. Before I jump into the R&R fast fact, I want to re-emphasize taking a minute to go out and hit that like button on the main Air National Guard recruiting Facebook page. It takes two seconds to show them your support. So please go help them out. Like, follow, and share. The post 9-11 GI Bill transferability. Did you know? You can transfer unused education benefits to immediate family members. It doesn't matter if you're an O-type, E-type, active guard, reserve, whatever. Your spouse and kids can benefit from utilizing your post 9-11 GI Bill. 
pretty cool. So what that tells me is if I already have my degree and I don't plan on pursuing further educations, and I don't plan on pursuing further education, I can transfer my benefits to anyone in my immediate family so they can further their education. Crazy. So let's say I have an 18 year old getting ready to graduate high school and I've tried everything I can to get them to join the unit because remember, this is the best place to work in the world and everyone is a recruiter. Let's say that 18 year old has no desire to join but would like to go to school. Does that mean I can transfer those bennies to that child? Yep. As long as I have at least six years of service and commit to an additional four years in order to transfer, my kid can take advantage of that. Nice. Get a hold of Master Sergeant Norm Stanton for more information. You can find his number on our app. So please, remember to like the recruiting page. Tell your friends and family to like it as well. All right, I want to give a quick shout out to Chief Master Sergeant Stan Yudorowski. He's been a chief for a little while now, but his promotion ceremony will be this weekend. So if you see him around, and I'm sure you will, be sure to congratulate him on his new rank and his new job title as our new Wing Command Chief. I've known him for a long time, like a really long time. And I can tell you that even though he recently put that third chevron up top and added a star, he's been operating like a chief master sergeant for quite a while, taking care of troops, putting their welfare first. Thanks chief for all you do and congrats. And that's all everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have some takeaways from Chief Osgood's message. Be sure to head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages and drop a like. We also have iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and Divots. So if you're not on social media, there are other ways to stay in the know. Chief Osgood also has a Facebook page, and it's an official one. Head over there and take a look. Watch his video on accountability. If you ever have any questions or concerns about anything, don't be shy and send the chief a message. He's here for all of us. I promise. I hope you all have a great drill and an outstanding month of May. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, and we'll see you all in June.